This is Recovery Revolution Live. The episode you're about to listen to is live and unedited. If you'd like to join us on the live stream, you can find us on Facebook and YouTube. Facebook.com slash Recovery Revolution 100 or search Recovery Revolution Live on YouTube. Welcome to the Recovery Revolution Live. I want to welcome everybody to today's show. My name is Carl, one of the co-hosts for this episode, and we are being joined by Mr. Brett Morris and Mrs. Ashley Grimes. Welcome, everybody. Bruce, hello. We're glad that you're here. We're glad everybody is here, and I am glad to be back on the show. Uh, I took a couple of weeks off, and I was out doing some work with legislative um, people for the state and trying to raise awareness around critical addiction issues that the state of California faces, and also the mental health professionals uh, that treat substance use disorders. A lot of really cool stuff. I'll fill you guys in a little bit on what we were doing out at the uh, California State Capitol last week. And um, Brett is joining us. Mish Ashley Grimes is going to be coming on. She had a little bit of a mic issue. There's Brett. Welcome to the show, Brett. And we have a fantastic guest on today. We're going to let Ashley do the intro for the guest. Um, because she Maybe. and Ashley have a relationship. <laughs> Maybe if Ashley gets back on the stream here. Uh, but honestly, thank you very much for coming on to the show today. We're very happy to have you here. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Totally. Absolutely. Man. All right. How is everybody doing today? Are you guys doing good? Hanging in there, man. Doing yeah. Right. Yeah, Hanging I'm doing there? great. Totally. That's awesome. How's, okay, so I heard it was hot in Texas, man. Brett was like, oh, man, it's so hot over here. I say, how hot was it over in um, where you're at? Uh, here in hot? Virginia, it is rain yeah. in a little chilly today, so okay. not hot at all. But that's Virginia. Oh, okay. It can be hot one day and then... And then rain and scale yeah. the next day. Okay. Yeah, that sounds like the way it's been here in California because we had like 80-degree weather one day, and then like the next day it was like 40 five degrees with hail and rain and sleet and <laughs> i was like what is going on here so all right well welcome everybody we're so happy that all of you have joined us we want to welcome everybody that is joining us through youtube and also facebook and i want to remind everybody if you are joining us on uh, youtube go ahead and hit that subscribe button and also hit the bell so that you are notified every time that we have a new episode coming out Thank you very much for that, Brett. Beautiful graphics, by the way. Brett Morris over there handling the board for us. He's going to be throwing graphics up and working all the magic. And Ashley, 
Ashley is here. Yeah, I made it late as always, but I'm here. That's all right. What, 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 what did we say? The uh, grime time, grime's time. There we go. I like it. (laughs) Yeah. You don't bring me food, so I show up when I need to. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, when we started this show with me, weren't we promised lobster by somebody? That was cake too. Cake and lobster. And I still have yet to see my cake and lobster. I don't know what that's all about. So, <laughs> yeah. But thank you, everybody, for joining us today. We're so happy that you guys are here. Um, happy Thursday to all of you. I hope everybody has had a fantastic week so far. Um, my week has been going really well at work. Um, we have a lot of new programs that we're starting at our treatment center. And it's really cool to be able to kind of implement those um, processes. And uh, we're doing a new electronic medical record system. And we saw the demo for it. And this program is absolutely amazing. So we're super happy to be starting that up. And it's a little bit terrifying at the same time. But uh, I know that we're going to make make it through it and everything is going to be okay. So Ashley, how has your week been? You have been super busy this week. Every week is super busy. Like I, I really feel like, like December was yesterday because it's, <laughs> I literally like stopped working 15 minutes ago. And yeah. No, I get it. Absolutely. It's been Absolutely. a good week. Not bad. Yeah. Nothing good to complain about. And honesty's yeah. here. So how can it be a bad yeah. week? It can't be a bad week. This is going to be an amazing show, and we're so glad that Honesty came onto the show today. And she's going to talk about a lot of amazing things. Uh, she is an author. She is also a person in long-term recovery, and she also works within the recovery community. And she works um, for nonprofits. She is on a couple of board of director positions. So um, you are super busy, and we want to thank you for taking the time and coming on to the Recovery Revolution live show today. Sure. I'm excited. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> it's super cool. Yeah. Awesome. So how, how has your week been going, Honesty? Um, it's been awesome. It's been great. I mean, my dog, we have a puppy, so he had to get like three surgeries. So that's Aww. been um, real, not stressful, I guess. I don't know. I'm just babying him and worrying and all that. So I'm a mom <laughs> of humans and a mom of two dogs as well. So, but other than that, just rolling ready for our golf tournament next week at McShin. So just getting all the finishing touches for that. Um, yeah. And then we're leaving tomorrow. Our son plays travel baseball. So we're leaving mm-hmm. to go out of town for that tomorrow. So always busy, always doing something, you know, recovery has awarded me a ton of different things. So. Absolutely. And I can totally agree with that remark that recovery has awarded me a ton of different things and wonderful things too. Um, it's taught me a lot. So uh, we're, like I said, we're super happy that you've come on the show. A golf tournament sounds like it would make uh, the end to a great week. Um, so next next time you have your tournament, uh, let me know and I'll fly out because I, I definitely have a hard time passing up a good round of golf. So I'm, <laughs> what is- not, I'm not surprised. Yeah. Bougie. Yeah. I mean, right. Bougie Carl. Who would who would think that Bougie Carl wouldn't want to pass up a round of, a round of golf? <laughs> if you want, if you want me to be frustrated bring me golfing yeah and then putt putt like i do not have the patience for that <laughs> yeah it is definitely you need patience for sure but i it, run it so i'm just riding around in a golf right. cart selling raffle tickets all day and just chilling. That's awesome. so, so yeah. what is the golf tournament supporting 
So our alumni scholarship fund, so all the proceeds go to a fund that I created. I started it about three years ago. Mm -hmm. And um, just for alumni, you know, sometimes we have a reoccurrence of use and mm -hmm. they need our help again or one of their family members. So okay. if it's a loved one and then they get same day housing, food, you know, clothing, whatever they need, um, whatever is mm -hmm. fiscally responsible in that fund. So okay. just strictly for our alumni. That's great. And um, this is for which uh, organization that you are involved with? McShen. So the McShen Foundation. Okay. So the one that great. I'm the CEO of. That's awesome. Man, that's so cool. I love that you guys are out in the community raising money for the community out there spreading the word about addiction and, you know, making sure that these people have housing and make sure that they have all the resources that they possibly ha can have a connection to, right? Because, um, you know, I just got done doing the legislative uh, tour over at the state capitol here in California, and it is dire out there. I am not going to lie. Across the board in the United States, it is absolutely dire. And a lot of these laws and um, proposals that they are pushing through the legislative process are really designed to help the community and to help, you know, the recovery community specifically. Uh, so uh, really good. We're so I, I love having people on that are so involved with that. And that's why I love talking to Ashley about these things, because she gets super hyped up about talking about the legislative process. I told her I was at the uh, conference and she, uh, I think she about lost her mind. <laughs> yeah. I was talking to someone from mental health America this week and uh -huh. there, there's some bills they were trying to get and they, they didn't want to put like prevention and awareness in the yeah. funding um, mm -hmm. because there's been data that's proven that it's not necessarily the best thing, but you have mm -hmm. to raise awareness. You have to, right. you know, talk about stigmatizing language. You have to talk. So, right. I, so I told her, what about ACEs? It's proven that when you, you know, raise awareness about adverse childhood experiences, mm -hmm. that that does lower people's ACEs mm -hmm. and ACEs mm -hmm. cause all kinds of things, substance mm -hmm. use disorder, anxiety, depression, and I said, you can use that money for housing. You can use it for preschools. You can use it for daycare assistance. Yeah. You can use it for so many different things. And almost everything can cause an ACE. So you can use it to raise awareness for almost anything. And mm -hmm. I was like, then you have the data to back up that it does help. Just like, yeah, never exactly. thought of that. <laughs> so. Exactly. And, you know, and so we, we were looking at that program to run at our facility because we're using paper files right now and and we do re-entry clients and also um our program out here which is drug medical which is the state-funded program and very um very restricted on um you know the way that they look at things and our utilization review process is is so stringent and all the regulations and stipulations that they have on these programs but like ashley's talking about the data that we can collect by using electronic um, record management systems and the data that we can utilize by having a UA sample sent out and evaluated at a lab, you know, is just more ways that we can build up the fact that, you know, this country is in a crisis, uh, an opioid crisis, uh, you know, and just all of these things that are happening. So we can have all these tools at our disposal to help show the community and everybody, you know, where things are heading and things are unfortunately are heading 
at a very steep rate and a very high climb to, you know, more usage. Well, it's, it's not just opiate use disorder. It's, right. it's across the board. I mean, alcohol mm-hmm. deaths increased, what, 25% last year? Or was it yeah. that 2020? Um, so mm-hmm. there's a lot of things we don't talk about. There's, it's increased across mm-hmm. the board. Yeah. Um, and even like there was a new report that came out yesterday or the day before we were talking about it in my economics class yesterday. Mm-hmm. Productivity last quarter dropped mm-hmm. 75% in businesses, even yeah. though so and the they increased jobs. There was more mm-hmm. people working than so, yeah. you know, they were he was talking about, well, it was probably just a you know, an off time. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, because <laughs> that's like trauma. Substance use disorder, yeah. families struggling, like it motivation drops, you you know, burnout. Mm-hmm. It's it's all it's it's not a you know, it's gonna continue that yeah. way unless we do something. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, honestly, we're not here to talk politics, but we're here to learn more about you and to um hear your story. So how did you get into the recovery game? What was your life like before you started this journey of recovery? Oh gosh. Um, a nightmare. Um, I, I mean, it's in my book and it's all over if you Google, but, um, you know, I started using drugs at a very young age. Yep. That's my book scattered pink. And, um, you know, I don't know. I just wanted to be cool and fit in. And I started with weed and, and, uh, LSD and stuff. I was a big kind of hippie, I guess. And, uh, went to shows and, everything. And, um, I started using heroin when I was 17 and overdose, you know, got brought back to life with Narcan, Naloxone. And, um, I used for about nine more years after that, after my parents tried to fix me and praise Jesus on me and do everything they could to try to save my life, which I get it. And I understand it's just, I wasn't ready um, or I just really didn't know what recovery was. Like I went to my first like 12 step meeting when I was 17. And like back then it was a hundred years ago, it was just so many older people. There was not yeah. the young recovery movement like it is now. Mm-hmm. Um, at least in our area, it's a ton of young people, which is super cool. I guess the, both pers- perspectives of it, just mm-hmm. so many young people are getting addicted so young. Um, and then my stepmom she knew John Schinholzer. So he's the president and co-founder. He started the McShen Foundation with his wife, Carol McDade. So the Mick and the Shen. And I moved into McShen and I left. I was 26 years old. I just wanted to detox off of heroin. I didn't want to stay. My plan was to live um, in the female recovery house for a week so I could get my medication. My mom brought it to me every day and and it was a mess. Um, but I ended up living at McShen for five months and started working there right after that. There was no female staff when I lived there. It was only three recovery houses back then. And one was a female one. And, you know, women just really weren't staying in recovery because this is almost in two weeks. I'll have 15 years. But um, if I make it. But you know, so there was really not a big empowering woman in long-term recovery back then. Now it is, but back then it was just not a lot of women. So I, I was, I guess, the first official female staff of McShin. And that is how I got into this field. I lived in the program. McShin helped to save my life. I wouldn't be here. 
I know for 1000% I wouldn't be alive if my mom didn't know know John. And um, John took me in with nothing. Uh, I just had a couple bags of clothes and my daughter was five that I could not be. um, I could not be a mother to her. I used my whole pregnancy with her. So from womb until I found McShin, um, I was pretty much incapable of being her mother or what a mother really is supposed to be. I didn't um, really know what that was because of my own childhood stuff. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I just started working at McShin. I was a baby newcomer, new person to recovery. I was five months in recovery and I had no idea what I was doing. I had no idea what I was doing in life. I was a cuckoo bird. I mean, I'll just be honest. I was, I was, I was off the chain and, um, John something saw something in me and the executive director at the time, Daniel Payne, saw something in me that I could not see in myself whatsoever. And I just started doing admin stuff and talking to the women that I left behind in the house. Um, my sister let me move in with her. I got my daughter back and I've been working in McShin. Gosh, it's been officially about 14 and a half years. And I've been the CEO nine years. Um, coming up on 10 now i don't i can't even keep track anymore for real um so that's how i got here um if that answers your question i went through the program got hired and i just haven't left um, and built a career off of my heroin addiction to be frank with you wow that's that's really amazing and congratulations on all of your success that you've had and and we're going to explore more of that success as the show uh, goes on and everything, but that's just so an inspirational to hear. Um, and, uh, you know, con- congratulations on that. Thank you. Thank Yeah. I mean, look, I mean, I, I could, I shouldn't be alive, you know, and I just, you know, I, all of us are the same, you know what I mean? I mean, 15 years is definitely going to be a long time. I mean, cause I used for 14 years. So I already mm-hmm. passed that benchmark, which is really super cool and radical to be honest. Like if you sit yeah. back, if you're in recovery and you sit back and you like really reflect, cause I'm a big reflector, I'm a writer, mm-hmm. I'm, you know, just a spiritual person um, by nature. So, you know, I mean, damn, like our lives were just <laughs> like crap. I mean, mine was for a long time. Some from right. since I was a little girl, like a twit. My son is almost 13 and mm-hmm. I was doing four different drugs at his age. So, wow. and we went for, we walk every morning with our dogs and he was like, we were talking about something. I don't even know what we were talking about. He was like, well, you know, you were on drugs when you were my age. And I was like, you damn right. Yeah, I was, you know, it, it's insane <laughs> to even think about yeah. because like, once you get recovery, especially longevity of it, it's like mm-hmm. you become this completely different human and like yeah. your life changes so much. It literally feels like uh, when I was writing this book, I was like, oh my God, it's like, feels like you've lived two whole entire lives. It's crazy. Yeah, that's, it's true. Um, I, I don't know about Ashley or Brett, but I can definitely um, identify with that statement that you live two totally, completely different lives. And um, yeah, that really sums it up, doesn't it? Because <laughs> yeah. that the old life that we've left behind and now this new life that we're starting and we don't even realize our own potential when we start this new life. All, all we're focused on is, man, how do I stay clean to the next day? We don't realize what is about to become unlocked for us Mm. and where we can go with this new superpower 
that we have. But if we if we had never been there and we never found recovery, we wouldn't have the potential that we have because yeah. of recovery. It's because we've felt what it's like to not have hope and to feel the shame and feel mm. like we're not being great humans. And then, right. you know, like and understanding that it's not someone's choice. And mm-hmm. um, sometimes people just need someone to believe in them and yeah. a second chance and, you know, if I never experienced that, I don't know that I would understand, you know, or want to give back in the same ways. Mm-hmm. So I am, I'm grateful for recovery, but I'm also grateful for my active addiction time because I appreciate life on a different level than I did before I was yeah. in active addiction. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And a lot of people ask me, what are your regrets? I don't know if y'all get that like on interviews and stuff. Like, do you regret anything? And I'm honest about like, I, I mean, there's certainly some situations that Mm -hmm. I, um, definitely hurts my soul. The stuff that I did to my family and my daughter Mm -hmm. specifically, but like Ash, it, it, my addiction made me to the woman that I am today, like hands down, like, I know I'm making a difference in the world. Like I know, like what I do for a living and in my own household, raising the two humans that I have, like it starts in your home. I'm truly a mm-hmm. big believer of that. And, you know, reducing that negative outlook on like the history of addiction or the mm-hmm. generational generational addiction. Mm-hmm. Um, so the things that when people read my book and they're just like, holy, like, wow. And I'm just like, you know, I think it's just important. Like our stories have power and we say this, always and all the stuff that I watch and everything. And it's like unbelievably true how we can go through trauma and pain and come out on the other end. But the mm-hmm. whole point of all that, I believe, is helping the humans around you. And that's your kids. That's the lady at the grocery store. That's whatever. I mean, we're not perfect humans because trust me, I can pop off real quick on one of my kids. Actually, he just got his phone taken for a couple hours because of his mouth. So like, all that we're all human, but it's also yeah. like really important to understand for me, you know, a lot of people, um, you know, can't talk about their trauma and stuff. And, and I do because it's like, I'm a big believer. I have this one life and I'm going to live it the best that I can. And if I can live it by trying to help other people like me on this planet, like what, like, I don't know where I go from here, you know, when I'm not breathing. So it's like, why the hell not? Like, let's move forward and work through it. Um, but I know I wouldn't even attempt to have the resilience that I have if it wasn't for all the stuff I went through specifically as a woman. And I think it's amazing. The honesty that was in your book. Um, and it was relatable on a lot of levels to a lot of different stories. I mean, wanting to fit in, you know, with your older sister and then her friends and going, you know, hanging out with the older kids and getting into things. And then, you know, the teenage, like, stealing start you know starting out and just you know i'm not going to give away too much to people that read it but it's just you're very honest and you know you talked about uh, you know throughout the whole thing it was just you know there's always another chance it doesn't matter what you do it doesn't matter you know it your past doesn't define who you have the potential to be or you know you're not a bad person because of x y and z yeah, totally. Yeah. And 
Well, technically, I stole my first piece of gum in the book. It was like when I was like eight. So I definitely started. I definitely started like a name like honesty. I swear like it is. It blows my mind how much of a liar I was like over half of my life. Like my daddy named me honesty after it's actually super depressing. Bill Joel song. And I was like, that's what happened to me. You named me after this depressing ass song. Um, but you know, I think like also like you got to keep it real. Like I didn't write this book to make up stuff or like, you know, be cool or like, I just, it's something that was resonating with me and, and I just did it, but well, it took me a long time, but we can talk about that later. But anyway, I just think, you know, the rawness in, in, you can eloquently, talk about your rawness too as well um so it could be relatable to like all facets in life and in the book obviously i go through a lot of stuff in recovery too that you know women i feel the ones that i've seen through mcshen or even my friends or people in the community you know a lot of women um don't talk about things that go on in their house or the expectations even in recovery you know we think about this cloud of like addiction and this is all the bad stuff that we did but then now we're in recovery and we're supposed to be angels and you know live in rainbows and be freaking care bears and like nothing's gonna happen to us and that's not being a human like that is right. not reality so like that stuff that it was really hard to write like the stuff that happened you know the stuff that has happened in my recovery because again people think you know i'm recovered i'm gonna have this awesome life which hands down my life is freaking amazing but it's also to be transparent on like the things that we do go through in recovery with our fault or maybe not our fault but like how do we overcome that without using drugs you know and that's like the biggest um lessons i've learned like getting through all the stuff i use while i was using of course but i think it's even bigger and heavier and more um inspirational and spiritual as i'm getting older and the stuff i've gone through in recovery without um you know, throwing the drugs in my body so I don't have to deal with it. It's like, this is the real work, you know, when shit, oops, stuff happens to you when, um, I'm a cusser, but when stuff happens to you, you know, in recovery without drugs, you know, yeah. that is like, for me, that has been the deepest work I've had to do with some situations for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I want to touch on, on a few things because I, First, I love the fact that you called addiction a cloud. Mm -hmm. uh, when, when I was going through treatment, um, my uh, counselor at um, Kaiser had this class that she would do, and she always referred to the cloud of addiction and this monstrosity that would sit over our top of our heads. And initially, it was like this really dark cloud, but then it can kind of become this other subtle cloud that is there, but she would have us on the whiteboard. She would have us write down all the things that could lead us back to this cloud of addiction because the cloud is always there, but it just depends on what stage you're in that the cloud, you know, how it's going to present itself. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's a lot scarier than other white fluffy clouds, um, you know, that, that look peaceful and calm. So, uh, love the fact that you talked about that. Uh, the other thing is that it sounded to me like you don't really have any regrets for the life that you have lived. Is that true? You know, what is a regret anyway? You know what I mean? Mm. Like, you know, I just ate some ice cream the other night. I don't regret it. You know, I, I you know, I think, you know, 
I'm again, just a big believer, like, yeah. and I've been through some stuff and not in, in, in honestly, not every single detail is in the book. Um, mm -hmm. you know, when I was kind of taught about how to write the book, it was like, don't put every single thing. Um, so not everything, but it's like things that I've gone through, like, could I've handled it different? I don't know. Like, I don't really, I don't really feel like I have any regrets, you know, to be honest, I just, I think like it is what it was, you know, this is how I live my life, you know, like it or don't like it, read the book or don't read the book. You know, it's like, this is stuff that I as a human and my family has had to live with. And how did the most important part is like, how did we overcome all of this and how it made me blossom into the human that I am today. And also the ones that love me unconditionally, no matter what, how it affected them and how we've become stronger as a family with my parents, with my sisters, with my husband, you know, my children, specifically my daughter. I mean, that's talked about, you know, that was probably the biggest thing I had to work through in my recovery is the things that I did to her. And, um, you know, of course, in my body for sure, because, you know, that is not something that a woman, you know, is very proud of, obviously, um, doing drugs your whole pregnancy. And I couldn't speak about that probably my first couple years in recovery, you know, I mean, I, my sponsor knew because I do a, t a little bit of 12 step. Now my pathway mm -hmm. is turned into more holistic and exercise and stuff, but mm -hmm. you know, she knew, but like, that was some heavy stuff, like heavy stuff to like really, really forgive myself and yeah. work on. Um, so no, I, I don't really have too many, too many regrets. It's more of things I say these days <laughs> that <laughs> I like to take back. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, I think we're all like a canvas, like, you know, we're all yeah. working uh, progress and, you know, we all have something to work on for sure. I don't by any means feel like I do have lots of titles and I've earned all of them and I, mm -hmm. um, I've worked my ass off for them, yeah. but it doesn't make me any really special than anyone else. I still have to try to be a good human and on mm -hmm. a day-to-day -day basis and work on myself too. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's, I, I, I love, I love this conversation right now. And it's so interesting that we're having this conversation because just last night I was, I was talking to my mom and, you know, I, I'm telling her like, okay, so I'm going back to school. This is what I'm going to school for. And, um, you know, and I, I kind of hinted to her, like, uh, I, I heard it from, from a speaker at the convention and they said that, you know, they were trying to get a certain level of college before, you know, their parents weren't around to see them be successful mm -hmm. in life. Mm -hmm. And, and I told her, I said, you know, I kind of feel like I'm making up for lost time. And she said, but you haven't made up for any lost time because if you hadn't gone down this path that you're on right now, you wouldn't be the man that you are today. And you wouldn't have had even all of these accomplishments in the short amount of time that you've been in sobriety. Mm -hmm. And I was really looking at that and I was like, you know what? Yeah. And I've always said, I've never had any regrets about my past. I have had instances that I wish that, um, you know, you know, shame over but but really no regrets over because like you i think that the path that we were on has now led us to become the people that we are today and put us into positions that we can be proud of today and accomplishments that we can be proud of today so congratulations on that 
And I, I think, you know, it's an important thing to talk about, you know, as we're all four of us in long-term recovery, actually, honesty has the most time out of all of us in recovery. Um, and I don't think that Brett and Carl are a part of RCOs. Um, so honesty, do you, do you want to, you know, tell everybody about Mixion, what their sure. model is, peer support, RCO? Yeah. Sure, totally. So again, McShin said help to save my life. Um, so gosh, what do we do? So McShin has been around for almost 18 years. We are first and foremost the only accredited recovery community organization in the state of Virginia through CAPRIS, which is a branch of Faces and Voices of Recovery, the national mm-hmm. organization. So we've been accredited for gosh, nine years now. We've had to get a couple of reaccreditations and reapply and blah, blah, blah you know, for all that. Um, so what do we do? So we have 15 recovery houses now mm-hmm. started out. They started out before me with three and now we've grown to $2.4 million budget now. And I don't wow. even know, it was like 100,000, I think when I lived there and, mm-hmm. and started working there. So we've grown significantly. Um, we have three jail-based recovery programs, which that means is our staff and volunteers go into three local um, jails and deliver peer-to-peer recovery support. So we're hope dealers. So we definitely um, call ourselves that. And we have a curriculum that we go by to as well in the jail programs, but we're really just teaching these inmates, you know, how to survive, you know, without drugs and life skills, all kinds of cool stuff. Um Gosh, we have an award-winning podcast as well, Get in the Herd. I will have to get y'all, get hook y'all up with Nathan to do that. That goes into 48 jails in the United wow. States. Um, so on the tablets. So we give everything away for free. So they we partner with an organization that puts them on the tablets. So 48 jails. We, yeah, we get humans from all, I think we just got somebody from Utah, and they saw that's how they found McShen, and they mm-hmm. were incarcerated. Um, so that's super cool. We get people all the time across the country because of those videos in our travels. Um, our recovery center, we have a 15,000 square foot recovery center. Um, it's located on one side of a church, Hatcher Memorial Baptist Church. And we do, we're open 365. So we're open to the public. There's 12 set meetings that come into our facility. There's recovery Dharma. Um, I've incorporated a ton of wellness. So like yoga, uh, breath work and sound healing. Um, we do activities with our participants outside, like rock climbing and stuff. We've partnered with another organization. So we have two program houses out of the 15. What that means, it's one male, one female. They have a ton of services, whether they self-pay or I do a fundraiser and do we have a ton of scholarships. We're actually getting state funding through VAR, uh, Virginia Association of Recovery Residents. So shout out to them um, because all of our houses are VAR certified. But so then we do um, two programs at once, really, because the women's we've moved away. They used to be intertwined with the men. And sometimes that doesn't work out so well in early recovery. So we have we call it McFarm. Well, I claimed it McFarm. So the women's whole program has chickens, has you know, raised beds, they're growing their own vegetables so we can partner with the local, um, what is that, farmer's market, so mm-hmm. to develop income for fun activities. And then they have a group room, a gym, and Zoom rooms, this huge garage we transferred into that. So it's groups all day long for the programs, and then they mm-hmm. go to 12-step meetings at night. For the most part, church, we've incorporated mm-hmm. a ton of faith-based. So we try to provide 
most all pathways we do MAT. Um, I mean, we take humans that are on MAT. We're not a medical facility, so we don't do it there. We have linkage, same day detox. We have vehicles and vans. We take our participants is what we call them to their doctor's appointments, POs. We called it kind of McGoober. We've, we've developed, we got a grant for that. So yeah, I mean, it's recovering people. All of our staff are in recovery. Most have lived in our housing. So we develop job roles for mm-hmm. our alumni. And honestly, the state of Virginia, it's hard to get a job if you're a felon. So mm-hmm. uh, we want to definitely help, you know, the felons out for sure. So we hire them. And yeah, I mean, we got a lot. I want to say we have 30 staff right now, um, which is a lot of staff. Because when I started, it was just John and I and two other men. And that was a mess in itself. So growing to where we are today, it's like my mind gets blown a lot on how awesome we are, but in educated we are. And it's just changed. I mean, it's evolved these past 15 years mm-hmm. or and a half for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's it. We have family programming. Um, we just, we do a lot of super cool stuff. Yeah. And it's every day. So we have weekend staff, regular weekday staff, um, intake uh, director of admission, she's on call pretty much all the time. And um, but yeah, we do a ton of events, a ton of events. We have our recovery fest, which is our the National Recovery Month event. We've won actually three awards through SAMHSA for that. So we're smoking meat, not drugs this year. We haven't had our barbecue cool. in two years. So yeah, come on down September 10th. All are welcome. A lot of people come throughout the United States. Um, and then we partner with a bunch of people nationally um, in Arkansas. We're doing a lot right now with Jimmy McGill. And um, yeah, we tra- I was traveling a ton before COVID, but John's doing a lot more of the traveling than me these days. But we help other organizations throughout the country um, kind of open their own RCO, do a lot of technical assistance mm-hmm. now. There's a lot. So that's a lot. Um, of information, but you can go to our website, mcshin.org, or follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, a little bit of the Twitter. We don't really get down with the tweets that much. Um, but, and we started a TikTok. So we do have a few little TikToks out there. I actually started my own TikTok, which is, um, it's like five talks or whatever you call them. I don't even know. But, um, so we're figuring all that out now too. But yeah, just healing families, saving lives is what we do. And um, man, my my brain is going a, a billion miles a minute here because you were talking about all of the things that your organization does. And the organization that I'm with right now is, it, to me, it almost sounds so similar to where you guys were 12 years ago. And I'm thinking like, holy crap, if they can do it, like the, you know, the sky's the limit. And um, so you and I are definitely going to be talking um sure. after the podcast episode. Totally, yeah. yeah i'm happy that's what i do part of my role is like helping um other orgs just you know i'll send you whatever take our logo off of it figure it mm-hmm. out what fits for your organization yeah. like why not try to help people start their yeah. own thing and you got to have a good team. Like, you know, we've definitely had some turnover throughout all the years, but right mm-hmm. now we have a solid, um, a solid team for sure. So, yeah. and they got to have the heart in it, you know, cause it's not really about the money for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Most definitely. Well, but I it's all about, it's yeah, go ahead. Sorry, Ashley. 
No, it's okay. I think it's important to note that CAPRS accreditation is not something that takes six months or a year. It takes mm -hmm. organizations years, and it's a, mm -hmm. a major process. Like, yeah. there's not very many RCOs that are accredited. Yeah. It's, like, it's a big deal. Sure. And yeah, and I actually help CAPRS with a bunch of stuff now, but the beginning, so we were asked, we were one of the five pilot programs, um, not that they just gave it to us because it is a lot of work. So a lot, what I try to tell people is you're doing the work. It's just not on paper. So for John and I, when we first got the first accreditation, everything was in our brains, but like what happens? I don't say if we die, I say, if I win the lottery, what happens when I win the lottery and walk away, you know, how right. is the organization going to sustain? And then right. our reaccredit have just gotten so it's so much easier once you get everything in play and I can help you. Like they can shoot me an email and yeah. I can do my best to kind of send you whatever and again take the logo off and do what you right <laughs> and have you guys watched anonymous people John is in that talking yeah, in jail that... Talk about, yeah the crack pipe yep he's oh the, the most eccentric one in that for sure that's so funny because I just showed that today at the at the treatment center Oh and, yeah, he was. Oh my came. And then Ryan's a good friend of ours, Ryan Hampton. Yeah. Um, so they came. That's how they started. Uh, gosh, they ran out of gas. Everything they mm -hmm. had nothing, and um, they him and Garrett hooked up mm -hmm. with us. And I guess they probably stayed. I think they stayed at John and Carol's house. And now look at Ryan. Now I mean, he's obviously helping to save the world. So. So, yeah, I mean, we we have big hearts for sure. Sometimes it could be a detriment. So we've had to have growing pains and take some steps yeah. back as a business as well. Um, so that's another, you know, tip, too. It's hard. You want to help everyone because you are in recovery. And um, mm -hmm. I've had to learn a lot about being a leader, specifically a female leader in this process and, um, you know, how to manage a budget, how to say no. Mm -hmm. <laughs> because that's hard, um, yeah. but we've had to do it to, in order to sustain our organization and make it what it is today. Wow. That's great. I'm going to definitely have to plan a site tour trip. <laughs> oh, totally. Yeah. I mean, all of our, ha well, like five of the houses are like, right. We're just want to, I feel like we're playing Monopoly. So we have um, four for sure. Mm -hmm. Two are actually on the church property, basically. So yeah. So yeah, we just show people we you know show them our housing while you're there. You know, visit, hang out. Um, mm -hmm. If we can get you into the jail, we try to do that beforehand. Obviously, you got to go through some red mm -hmm. tape with that, but yeah. yeah. Wow, well that's that's on that's really really cool. Oh, I'm so glad we're we're having this today. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> so you have to ask questions. I know the answers to to help. Yes, Ashley, <laughs> more more questions, Ashley, more questions. Um, <laughs> so, so tell me, what is um, something that really is the biggest fear that you've had to come over leading this organization? Oh God. Um, I guess the biggest fear in the beginning was definitely. Uh, fiscally like how are we going to sustain and i just again was so new to recovery and i didn't know what a budget was or how to manage money because i just you know either stole money or begged for money for mm -hmm. so many years that i didn't know how to do all of that i mean that was like the biggest fear um mm -hmm. 
is like, how is this going to be a sustainable organization, you know, with such a negative outlook on addiction? And this was early on. It was really bad back then. I mean, it was hard to get donations, to get funding. Now it's a lot easier. I'm not saying it's completely easier, but it is a lot easier. Um, so that was the biggest fear. Like, you know, you wanted to help everyone, but also how are you going to pay for that? So, you know, John's a big visionary. I'm really the implementer and like, you know, the one that, checks the budget. Okay. How are we paying for it? Who is going to staff it? How much, you know, the outcome, what is it going to be? So it's, it's like that type of stuff too, that, um, you know, gives me a little bit of anxiety at times, but as long as we're all on the same page, I think we can move mm -hmm. forward, but that is the biggest. And then really the only other fear, I don't know if it's necessarily a fear, or I guess a burnout of just like all the death. I mean, that has mm -hmm. been, um, really, really hard and heavy for like the past five years. Um, because yeah. we hold space, uh, for people that can't afford a funeral or anything, um, for memorials. So we have a ton of memorials and, um, you know, that's, I guess my biggest fear that I guess we're never going to go away. I mean, even though this is my career and my income, it's like, mm -hmm. um, sometimes it still hurts my heart that we're never going to go away or maybe one day when I'm old and gray, I don't know, we won't have to be here and be as big as we are, but um, that's, I guess it's a fear, I guess. I don't know. I mean, I want to paycheck and retire one day, but you know, I, I definitely, it, it just sucks that part of our job. Um, I mean, speaking for me and my staff, it, it's heavy, it's hard, but <laughs> we try to keep it fun and exciting. We have a ton of events for our staff. So we do a quarterly event. That's another tip too, for like how to sustain staff and how to have staff retention, everybody. So I'll be coming up, I'll get a hundred dollar bonus every recovery year. Um, and we have fun activities for our staff parties all the time. And then we do a quarterly outing. Um, we've done golfing, we've done zoos, we've done all kinds of cool stuff. Um, so it's really keeping your staff engaged because it's uh, hard. This is a hard, this is a hard job and yeah. kind of self-care. So all the wellness stuff we do is offered to our staff as well, not just our mm -hmm. participants. And then lead by example. Um, you see my Peloton bike. I can't mm -hmm. even. Anyway, yep, right that there. <laughs> so I'm as a huge advocate for Peloton if you follow me on social media, but um, anyway, I mean, they don't pay me. I just, I love it. It's so many things, but. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, we, we try to keep it fun and have fun events and laugh. And these TikToks have really been fun mm -hmm. to do together. And yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, that's so good. And it seems like the vision that you guys have for the organization itself, the staff that you have there is, is very well thought out and put together. And, um, you know, these, these are all things that, that companies can start to consider doing. And we have to understand burnout in, especially in this industry. Um, but you know, this, the industry is hard. And, and when you work in the industry day after day after day, it, it's even harder. Mm -hmm. But it's um, super rewarding too. You know, a lot of people think about addiction as, doom and gloom as well. And like, again, yeah. we try to keep it real. I mean, we definitely are super authentic. If you come, you'll see the authenticity of McShen, but, um, but it's also so radical and cool. Like just seeing 
all these people like you meet someone new pretty much every day and it's like it's just i don't know man it's just a cool experience to to meet so many people and then like once they get their life going or and for me my heart is when the women get their kids back and like driver's license and all the cool shit you get back it's like um the hard days are worth it you know for sure right yeah cadillac problems you have to celebrate the wins like it can't all be every day about Mm -hmm. losses or no hope there's hope sometimes it takes a little bit and you know or but there's always hope there's and that's you know I've I've yeah. been there this week. We had four, yeah, we had we had four people, that, you know, in the last seven days that have passed away from overdose in my area, and that's all. That's all you know, so it's like, but that's not everyone's story. That's not the majority of the stories. There's a lot of people in recovery, yeah. um, and I mean, John and Carol are both amazing, like in in completely different ways. They're both very different. John is good at picking out who like the future recovery leaders are going to be. He like points them out like way years in advance. He's got like an eye. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And then Carol is just like so nice and like believes in everybody. Like, and she's just like a great role model. He is too. They're just very different. And it's, it's yeah. good to have. <laughs> yeah, they do. They are. And, um, she calls me his work wife, but I prefer to be work daughter. Um, so, but yeah, they, they're super cool people. Yeah. John. Yeah. And again, it blows my, like I'm still here after all these years and staff have left, done their own thing, started their own organization. And I don't know, there's something that McShen, I mean, I just kind of keep that deep rooted. Like, I know I wouldn't have the life I have today. I mean, obviously all my hard work, I mean, you know, and stuff like that, but, um, I don't know. I have plans. I have some things I want to get done, you know, while I'm still there, specifically a women and children's house. And so there's things, you know, that I want to accomplish that I'm really trying hard to figure all that out. So, so yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So Brett, how are you doing over there, buddy? I'm great, man. <laughs> so quiet today. It happens sometimes, man. It happens sometimes. Yeah. It's been an interesting couple weeks. So, I'm okay. Here. Okay. You're here. All right, brother. We'll celebrate that. So, um, honestly, can you tell us a little bit about um, what you have going? Uh, so, you talked a little bit about the, the women's women and children's house. Um, that's one of your like kind of goals is to get something like that going. But what about you personally? What What is your next uh, venture or, or what is your next uh, thing that you want to get going for yourself? Mm, baseball tournament tomorrow. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, I don't know. People ask me that, too. I'm not really like, when's your next book and stuff? And I'm not writing mm-hmm. another book. I'm not not right now, at least. If I do, I kind of want to do a children's book, um, mm-hmm. you know, like when your family gets incarcerated or your, your parents pass away from addiction, like it's not their fault. I don't know. That's kind of a vision that I want to do, but um, I don't know. I've toyed with the idea of being a doula, uh, helping women that are pregnant specifically that are addicted and pregnant, 
but I don't know. I haven't done all my research yet um, on the education and time commitment on that, but that's something that's weighing on my heart. I don't, I, you know, I don't really have many other plans um, besides like doing what I do on a day-to-day basis. My daughter's getting ready to start nursing school, hopefully. And we're going through all that right now. And, you know, really just um, some lived experience, like take some time as I'm getting older, like more time with my husband away and um, just doing a little bit more extra self-care too. Um, I signed up for this for, I've never been out of the country. So in January, my friend, she's a yogurt, well, actually two or three of them are yogurt instructors now. So I am going on a big trip um, with cool. a bunch of ladies and just kind of doing yoga and just relaxing and seeing monkeys and sloths and all that. Um, it's going to be in Honduras, which is oh, super nice. scary, but also super awesome. Um, so that's a big thing that's going to come up in January. But, you know, I don't have any more. Just like working out and doing my Peloton and just trying to live the best life that I can, you know, on a day-to-day basis. It's I, I live a really super simple life. I don't have um, too many major, like, I just, I've, I've, I feel like I used for 14 years. I definitely worked very, very hard to get where I, like, beyond 40 hours a week, you know, to get where I am. And not that I'm going to slow down and retire because I'm only 41, but I think, you know, I really want to do stuff that I'd say no a lot now, you know, and I just want to do things that make me happy and resonate with me um, and how I can incorporate that at McShen for Mm -hmm. uh, people that we serve too. So nothing too, nothing too major, just, some cool things in the works for sure. Okay. That's awesome. I love that, man. This is, this is so good. So your, your book, let's talk a little bit about the book. Ashley talked a little bit about it. Um, and the book is a, a diary, um, of a woman in recovery. And, uh, can you tell us a little bit about what the inspiration was to start this project? Sure. So about, I don't know, two years before or a year or so before I started it. Um, I don't know. I just wanted to do something different. I'd been in a McShen for so long. Um, mm-hmm. My life was just kind of uh, monotonous. And I was like, all right, what else am I going to do? Like, honestly, it really hit me like when my daughter started college and like we didn't have any money for her like to pay for college. Mm-hmm. And it was like, what can I also do like for fiscal income? And I don't know, all these ideas were just going through my mind. So I started, I really took out a lot of negative, um, negative people, negative influences on social media. I took those out and put in like all these awesome, positive authors and women and um, super body positive people. So I started like following all these people and really working out, um, like working out as far as like, being okay that I work out and eat ice cream instead of just, obs- it's in my book too, instead of just obsessively working out to like have a six pack. I just, yeah, I've had body image stuff since I was like eight, but anyway, so I, I really started doing that. And what am I going to do? And what am I going to do? Even though writing a book, you don't make any money, just FYI. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I mean, not that much at least. So I just wanted another funding stream for our household to have fun activities and vacations and college and a wedding one day, you know, all of that. And then I talked about it for like a year or so. I don't know. I don't, I'm not good with keeping track of time. It's still some of my brain cells aren't there, but, um, and then I just talked about it, talked about it. I gave it to spirit, you know, and I kept getting signs from God and spirit and, you know, all these people kept showing up and smacking me in the face and like these editor and then it all just laid out perfectly. And I told my husband and we talked a million times and he just said, write the effing book. And so I wrote it because he was just so, you know, either sick of me saying it or having so much confidence that he knows I can do it. And then I just started typing. It took me about 10 months. Um, I, you know, I have a full-time job plus some. So, I mean, I just sat in here at my meditation table, put on my beats by dre and listen to ocean music because the beach is my soul um and just started typing i already had an outline that i did for about a year while i was talking about it and just started typing away got the editor slash publisher hybrid um so i don't have a big huge publisher or anything so i'm hustling right now to get it into stores it's online obviously everywhere but um, and then I did it and it's, it's hard. I don't know about, um, JR's experience, but my experience was really hard. Amazon had so many glitches and messed me all up and it was very stressful. I cried a lot. I ate a ton of ice cream, um, cried to my husband. It was very stressful mm-hmm. because of stuff on the back end that I don't know how to do, but my publisher was doing. And, mm-hmm. um, but now it's beautiful. Everything's, you know, working out you know, great. Um, so yeah, I just, I felt like, you know, I talk and speak and do all of these things. I've been doing it for years, TV documentaries, all this stuff, but I wanted to help like women that weren't just with addiction. I wanted to help. Like I've got friends that aren't in recovery that are women. Like I just wanted to help a broader perspective, I guess, of like, uh, a broader audience of men can read it and totally resonate to as well. But um, you know, it was something about just helping even more people and just honestly, let's just see where it goes. And Ryan Hampton, like I said, is a good friend of mine and he helped me, you know, through the mental part of it to some, just kind of like write it, see what happens. I mean, obviously his is way more popular than mine, but, um, but I just, I just did it and we'll see what happens. And so far, I mean, um, having moms reach out to me about their daughters, having women reach out to me that needed to hear it. Um, you know, I don't know. I think it's, it's been already rewarding and like being able to just share some of the little tips in it, that the things that I do for myself in recovery, um, people are like doing, so I don't know where it's going to (laughs) go. Luckily, I still have a full-time job, so I'm not a full-time writer. So, um, but yeah, what, this is something I what about to- Barnes and Noble and your? Yeah, so a big announcement that there. I'm going to have my first uh, book signing in an actual store. I had my first one at McShen. I'm at my company that I run, Care Talks. Um, it's like a speaking engagement thing. But um, so Barnes and Noble, I just walked into the store. I just said, Hey, I'm in recovery from a heroin addiction was my first sentence. (laughs) And I was like, I just published this book. I had the book with me and my bookmark. And 
that she was super cool. I was like, Amazon is a nightmare. I said, I'm because I, I was at that time directing everyone to Barnes and Noble because it was such um, a bad experience for me with Amazon. So I was just directing everyone to Barnes and Noble, even though I sold out on Amazon, but it was still so many glitches and it was just a weird thing. But um, she was like, great. You know, obviously they're competitors. And she was like, you know, we're not fans of Amazon either, blah, blah, blah. She was like, well, how about, I was like, I'm trying to get the book in the store. And she's like, well, how about a book signing? Like I, my mind was blown. I, I didn't even get her name. I walked out. I was so excited. I called my husband. I was like, so I went back like a week later and I was like, Hey, and she's like scattered pink. And she remembered me by my book title. Cause people have, you know, walked into a bunch of barns and I was here looking for my book. So that's June 25th here in Richmond and at the Libby store. Cool. Um, so I have my two hour book signing and meeting people and, I'm going to get it packed. So I, I got to do all the leg. Like I knew in the beginning, I would have to do a lot of hustling and like have mm -hmm. time, you know, to figure out like how to promote the book and stuff. And, and mm -hmm. I still do do that. I just don't do it as much as I was doing. Um, but I'm trying to refocus and, and change some things. I do a little bit a day. Um, I just got there. Everybody's like, TikTok's the answer. So I just got on TikTok. I don't know what the <laughs> hell I'm doing on there because I don't be twerking. And when I scroll through there, I'm like, oh, my Jesus. I was like, I'm not doing all this stuff. So I've, I've done a few things that are funny and um, and with my book or whatever. So yeah. I don't know. I'm trying, but I'm not. If I tried harder, it would definitely be more. And I know this, so it's not like, oh, why are people not buying my book? I'm not putting in all the effort that I could be, but then that's time away from the humans in my household. So it's like, I'm I'm trying to do what I can. You know what I mean? I don't know. Go buy the book. Go buy the book and help a sister out. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you shouldn't have to spend but 20 out of 24 hours doing, you know. Oh, yeah. I, I don't guess have should be. Yeah. yeah. Enjoy life. And yeah. And I think anybody can write. A, like, look, I am not like this, um, like, beautiful writer. Woo. Like, I, you know, I had an editor. I mean, she didn't really change much, to be honest with you. But it, when you read the book, that's me. That's how I talk. Like, you know, I talk about Shit's Creek. Like, it's my favorite. Like, that is literally David Rosa, which was my best friend in the universe. Like, this is how I talk. I jammed to music. Bob Marley is my man. Like, you know, and like how I word stuff. And there's how I talk to specifically my friends. Like, you know, if, or even new people in record, like if you're in front of me, I'm like, what the hell are you doing? Like, you know, that's just how I live my life. You know, I didn't, there's nothing in the book that isn't me, you know? So it's like one of my, all my best friends are like, I, when they, cause it's a super quick read too. You can read it on the airplane on your flight. You know, it's funny. It's traumatic too, as well. Um, it's got some, again, tips on just kind of how to live life because this is the only one that we have. Um, but it's, it's fun too. And it's got some cool resources, a lot of awesome people that have helped me on my journey in the back. Um, so yeah, I mean, if I can do it, you can do it. If it resonates with you, do it. Like, uh, the coolest part was I just, I made payment plan with my editor, um, slash publisher. So I didn't have to like put a big chunk of money up. I didn't, I know a lot of people that have to do the letters and like find a publisher and all, like, I just didn't do any of that. I, this woman kept coming to this meeting, um, that I was a part of. And then I called her and she said she would do payments. And 
we just started and it's been, I mean, it's been hard. It's been a stressful because I didn't know what I was really getting into, but, um, but if it's cool, you know, just write the book if that resonates with you. So we're going to manifest this now is that when the women and children's facility house opens, every woman that comes in is going to get a copy of your book to give her hope that a new life is possible. And then yeah. the other programs throughout the country might pick that up too. Yeah. That's, what, that's what's going to happen. Totally. And it was, and it's funny you said, so it was a lot of manifestation. I really dove into like what that really means. And my table over here has four different things that I kind of do in the morning. One is Andy Cohen's um, Glitter Every Day book. And I love the housewives. That's one of my things. I think that's in the book a little bit, the housewives. You look, you gotta look, you gotta look, okay. I don't, I don't care who judges or not. Like I love a few of the franchises of the housewives. I'm obsessed a little actually, but, um, <laughs> You know, but I think it's also like the biggest thing is, is yeah, the manifestation. And I truly believe I wrote the book. I did this goddess program that's in the book and um, really dove deep on like what spirit was and everything. Mm -hmm. And I just like whatever was meant for me is meant for me. And it's all come out and it's done. You know, it's like we're now we're figuring out. But yeah, if you know of any treatment centers or recovery centers that want to buy a bunch, just let me know. Um, I'm trying to get them into like libraries at treatment centers. I've definitely, um, planning some speaking engagements and I signed the books. So anybody out there listening, I'm happy to do that too. People are actually sending me, uh, Venmo, I'm signing books and, you know, sending to people. I don't know. I'm just doing what I can. There's, there's a lot of like the substance dependent newborn programs, like where they're, you know, linking peers together in different states. That would be a great place. I don't know if other states have like Project Warm where it's like, that's a big thing here. Um, mm -hmm. For yeah. women and with children under four that are pregnant, um, because there's not a lot of facilities mm -mm. that take pregnant women. It's a hard, it's hard to find treatment. Mm -hmm. And then yeah. once you have treatment, like, where do you go? You're, you have a brand new baby and you're in new in recovery. Mm -hmm. See, that's David Rose right there. I'm always backwards in StreamYard. <laughs> the Zoom's not backwards. And then there they are. Yeah, It's not backwards for us. I can see uh, it. Yeah, I, I can it see is. it. Like, I'm keep doing this part of my hair, but I'm meaning to do this. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Or I lean and then I lean the other direction and it trips right. me out. Uh, which way are we going? <laughs> Wow. That's been great. I, I, I need to, I need to get that book. I think there's, um, so I worked uh, for the center up in Calistoga that has a lot of females that come through. So I'll talk to their clinical director up there and, and see if they can get the book in their library up there. Cause that'd be really good. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, that would be really good. It's, so it's hard, yeah. you know, it's mm -hmm. hard being a male in recovery. It's hard being a woman in recovery, yeah. especially like, you know, when you first go, the, you know, like as a woman, especially when you're younger, there's men that have been in recovery. Some are newer, some have been in a long time and you get hit on instantly. And it's not everywhere, but there is some places and it's like having supportive women that will protect you is important and knowing situations and where you can go to get support is important. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
Um, so I just want to make an announcement. Um, I have a prior engagement at the men's meeting tonight. And so I'm going to be logging off here in a few minutes, but I know that you guys will continue on and have a, a, the rest of a fantastic episode. But honestly, it's been a pleasure meeting you um, here on the Recovery Revolution live uh, stream. And I will be sure to uh, get your information from uh, Brett and uh, I will definitely be in contact. I'll probably um, contact you tomorrow and then we can set up a formal meeting uh, with uh, maybe talking about, you know, how to bring some of what you guys are doing in your treatment center and um, how we can use that with our treatment center and our recovery residences that we have out here in California. Okay, cool. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys, I'm going to take off. Uh, thank you everybody for listening, uh, but these guys will be staying on. So enjoy the rest of the show. Bye. 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 We were glad you were here. We missed you. Yes, I missed oh, he, it. Did you see the picture we put up in your honor when you were gone for two weeks? No. <laughs> you, Carl, we, when you're we not put this picture up. Oh my here, gosh. I, I have to use all my words that I use in like a month in one episode because I'm not a big talker. And then it's like either is Brett and we're like Oh I get goodness. done and I'm like, that was a lot of words I had to use. Please, I don't know, Carl, I don't know come how back. I feel on a daily basis. Oh my gosh, I'm exhausted by the end of the day. <laughs> you love to talk. <laughs> just, I lie. know, I do. Sometimes I stand in front of the mirror and I just talk to myself. Just kidding. I, I really don't do that. <laughs> so. My therapist once told me to look in the mirror and say affirmations, and I was like, no. <laughs> I've been, so I'm doing a, a, an American Sign Language course now. And so part of our thing is that we have to do it in front of a mirror so that we understand the facial expressions that go along with what we're trying to convey when we, um, when we sign. So um, I, I actually do talk to myself in front of the mirror, but. Well, good. You have an excuse. Like, so it's okay. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> do your hands get tired? They do sometimes. Um, but I have these, uh, you know, those um, gym things that you can squeeze. So I've been doing calisthenics with my hands to help um, so that when I do sign, um, they don't get as tired as much. Mm. Wow. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You guys are – I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I really don't do that. Oh, one second. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> They're like, oh, my God, that's so smart. <laughs> I just couldn't, like, wrap my brain around it to come up with a response. It was just – I was frozen. I'm sorry. <laughs> all right guys well it's been a pleasure for myself i will see everybody next week and i hope that you guys have a great rest of the episode bye bye so what's some of your favorite tips that you give in the book you know i don't want to have you give them away away all of them because sure. they need to buy the book but yeah i mean i think it like really um just you know, see what works for you. I mean, the biggest thing is forgiveness. Um, a lot of that is in throughout the book, forgiving yourself, forgiving others that have harmed you in some way or fashion. I think that is like the key to all my relationships is some form of forgiveness and moving forward or just effort and moving on, you know? Um, so really surrounding yourself with awesome people and positive things. Um, Really a lot also stuff is, um, you know, with my mental health and my physical health is really for me um, is exercising is a huge part of my recovery of 
you know, keeping me sane, you know, multitude of things. Um, there's something about it for me personally that um, really is um, my lifestyle, you know, and, you know, those are just the biggest things, I guess, is is forgiveness and like taking care of yourself. I mean, for me, it really just resonates because, you know, how long I didn't take care of myself and didn't eat healthy and didn't, you know, care by any means. Um, and I want to live a long life now, you know, in active addiction, obviously, I didn't know if I was going to live or die. And I pretty much knew I was going to die eventually. Um, but I found my Shen Foundation. So, um, so yeah, I mean, really just trying to live the best life that you can without like hurting other people or, um, you know, doing shady stuff and like really, um, being okay from where you're at too. And if you're not okay with where you're at, like you got to work hard to get somewhere different, you know, and that is, I worked hard to get money or drugs or whatever I needed. So now I take all of those skills that I learned and, and taught myself and learned from others for the good. So you got to flip it around. Um, but the main thing is forgiveness in general, overall. Yeah, and there's so much power in that. And there, there was a, a lot of forgiveness in your book all around. And it was beautiful. It's, you know. Mm hmm everyone has yeah, a different yeah, story but it's yeah i'd love that yeah. you shared a lot of that stuff because it's important yeah yeah and that's like the stuff i've had to really overcome and like really work hard on is holding resentments you know and and you know resentments are just the devil for me at least and it's like you either need to get that shit out and like talk it out walk it out run it out or you just live a lifestyle that's not worth living. You know, it's just not, I mean, to be resentful all the time and angry and mad and not liking people. It's just, it's just not a way to live. And I've had seasons of that in my recovery too, you know, and just bitter and like, what are these people doing? Like all kinds of stuff, you know, or um, things that have happened that are in the book, you know, in my recovery um, for family members and people that are close to me, you know, that stuff was hard, but you know, it, it's made my relationship stronger um, because I was willing to work on it, not just sweep it under the rug and pretend like it didn't happen because that is not how I live life. You know, you got to go to therapy. That was a big thing for my marriage, but um, in other assets, you know, parts of my life too. But yeah, just continually to work on yourself. That's awesome. I was talking about it with someone today and I was like, I feel like the thing that like changed my life the most is when I went into church and I like said how I ran the two-year-old program, you know, hi, pretty much like said this on Mother's Day. It was the first time I spoke in front of anyone and here, like I never felt like I've been in a church because you, you have to be perfect. And, and it was like, here I am saying that I took care of kids and it was like the most accepted I'd ever been in church. And I was like, okay, like sometimes telling the truth, like you it, it, it changes things and it, mm -hmm. you built the self-confidence just being able to say, Hey, yeah, I did that. I didn't yeah. mean to, I wasn't planning it, but it, you know, that's, yeah, it's, I've built such an empathy even, you know, for, for moms that they use while they're pregnant. I, my addiction started after, um, cause I fell over a baby gate. I had a, a five month old and an 18 month old. So it's like, 
you know, it was, I, I was after that, but I, I, I honestly can't say I would have stopped. Like, I, I don't know. So how can I judge somebody else and say, you know, if I don't know, yeah, it's very hypocritical because mm -hmm. I was never in that situation to have to know. And I think judgment kills people. We just, we just need to yeah. empathize. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even people that haven't been in substance use disorder have have all kinds of secrets in their closets, you know? Like mm -hmm. some of the people, most of the people that are in recovery and working on themselves, I would trust way more than people that have never been in trouble and because they've just never gotten caught and they're not honest about it. I'm mean, not everybody, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, you gotta know your herd and surround yourself with cool people so uh recovery fest is september 10th september 10th here and actually right down the road from my house in hanover virginia it's 12 to 5 to saturday hmm. i have an idea about that Live date. just dates aligning yeah y'all should come or it's recovery month yeah. Mm -hmm. Everyone loves recovery month. Yeah. Best time of the year. <sighs> so are you ready? Like you, you're in Eastern time too. So are you ready? Yeah, it's my bedtime. So I'll probably have to go in a second to be honest. <laughs> I'm usually in bed by nine. So it's 930 here. Yeah. Yeah. I'm ready for bed too. Yeah. My dogs and husband are probably waiting for me in there. So, um, yes, 9, 10, 12, yep, to 5. But, yeah, I mean, I thank you all for having me. I mean, this has been an awesome conversation, too. And and I saw JR. But, yeah, give me a call or shout. We can schedule a Zoom or talk about McShin or y'all come tour. And we can kind of show you whatever. Just let me know what you guys need. And, you know, we'll make it happen for sure. Um all you need is the heart and then you need to find the funding. So that's really the two things <laughs> that you need. Um, but we can help you, you know, with that is at least give you some tips and, you know, what grants to apply for and stuff too. But yeah, but thanks for having me. I mean, this has been an awesome conversation. I truly appreciate it. It's been awesome. We're so glad you came. Yeah. And we, totally. We're always talking about it's, you know, having more women, having all kinds of pathways. So it's, it's, really great that you're here yeah yeah well check mcshin out mcshin.org my book is on amazon barnes and noble bookshop.org um the ebook is on amazon yep there's the book a uh, super quick read just get a little hope hope dealing going and you know check it out but yeah thank you guys so much yeah thank you for coming on tonight oh yeah Kristen told me to say hi for her oh yeah okay cool oh Tell her hello. All right. Brett, are you gonna let right. you gonna yeah. let us go and wrap yeah, it up? I guess we'll do oh, a yeah, quick Brett, wrap Thank up. you for I guess doing I have all that. that. All right. So like Honesty mentioned, the name of her book is Scattered Pink. So be sure to check that out. And be sure to check out the Get in oh, the Herd cool. podcast. Thank we you. We love podcasts around here. Uh, Carl mentioned it at the top of the show, but if you are watching live on 
YouTube, be sure to click the subscribe button and also enable notifications so you know when we go live. And if you haven't figured it out yet, it's every Thursday night. Uh, we're going to be doing the Ask Doc Marty segment at some point. So if you guys have questions for Doc Marty, you can submit audio recordings at speak to us slash RRL. Uh, do we have any other announcements, Ashley? Um, not that I know of. I can't think of any either. So I guess that's all the announcements. Uh, remember, guys, it's all about progress, not perfection. We'll see you next Thursday.